The Tables Are Turned by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor At the fall of man, Adam and Eve must have been very uncomfortable in their own skin, so to speak. They had by choice chosen a knowledge completely foreign to anything they had ever known, looking forward to the promise of a greater depth of wisdom, which would include the extended knowledge of the dark side of the supernatural and its power. All of a sudden, this choice positioned them to a state of mind totally opposite from all they formerly knew and required walking in ways totally opposite from their previous lifestyle. The voice that now motivated them was not as easily recognized as was Father God's and the atmosphere where they could more readily communicate with their new master was unfamiliar to them also. How confusing, how frustrating. So as little children, all they could do was let life circumstances teach them and the newly tapped into force guided them. We today, as their descendants, are no longer confused or uncomfortable. We are quite happy with the knowledge and satisfied or at least familiar with our surroundings. But a strange phenomenon is happening. Although we have become accustomed to reaching into the recesses of our mind to solve problems rather than seek the knowledge of God, and have learned to accept less than perfect natures in both people and animals, we still somehow know bad behavior is not normal. We are not so completely absorbed into Satan's wisdom even though fed to us for thousands of years through our forefathers, that killings and the crime rate we see today is acceptable. We still see it as bizarre. So when God started opening our understanding and giving us a glimpse of life with His knowledge restored, we rejoiced mentally, because all man has accomplished so far through the enemy's wisdom has failed. The world we have built with mental pride is collapsing. Even our personal relationships are failing more and more as our natures are now shaped by this great knowledge Eve chose for us. Our children go in directions that break our hearts. There are more divorces now than ever before and more children born out of wedlock than in the history of man. Crime is committed beyond what we can imagine. But the good news is for the first time, we're being given answers to why all of this is happening. Not only do we see the cause, but we also see the solution. God is intervening, releasing His knowledge, opening our understanding, and offering a kingdom totally different than the one we have built, a perfect one that will last forever, a kingdom without lack, sorrow, sickness, pain, or death a kingdom with perfect laws to protect us, to keep us in precise harmony with all of creation. They are even written on our hearts for easy access, and as life-changing end-time knowledge is being released and spread across the earth for all to hear. Apart from being born again and choosing the knowledge of God over Satan, what will be required of us for the promises of God to be realized in our generation? What must we do to see this huge change come about? First of all, like it or not, we must be willing to be uncomfortable for a while until we become used to the new situation. 
If Adam and Eve could survive a major change for evil, surely we can survive a major change for good. We will have to pay close attention to God's end-time truth to build a new database for our minds and learn quickly to sense or recognize the Lord's presence so His Spirit and anointing can guide and reshape our nature. As our nature begins to return to the image of God, our lifestyle will be altered as well. And just as the first pair's decisions and choices shaped and molded the destiny of all humanity, so it will be with us today. Eve chose Satan's wisdom, so up until now it has always been his presence and ideas that were integrated into our lives. But by choosing the knowledge of God, we invite his presence, his counsel. What a big difference! Both are spirits that live in or operate through our hearts and minds, two very real but quite opposite beings, one the Creator, the other a creation that developed a drive to be superior to his Maker. Who is this enemy? What is this enemy? There are many names that describe him as well. Satan means the rebeller. Lucifer means son of the morning, an angel of light. He is also called a devil, dragon, serpent, a tree of good and evil. And think about this. He was humanity's choice over God. Mankind has had thousands of years to live with their wonderful choice. Generations to bring to fruition the counsel and wisdom of their evil mentor. Look around us at what we've done. Look at what humans created in God's image have become as a species. Look at our surroundings that were originally perfect, waiting for us to expand, multiply, and grow from the beautiful garden planted by the Lord Himself as a beginning home. Our planet is now polluted with man's failures, old equipment, broken down vehicles, evidence of wars, on and on, the result of imperfect mankind reproducing their imperfection. Not at all the way life with God would be. But we will have to take a step into the unfamiliar to bring about a reversal. We have to be willing to carry out the plan of our Creator for renewal. As stated before, we must turn our attention to the counsel of God and let His wisdom build another database to function from. We must also learn to sense which being we are in the company of and discern the difference between the will of God or the adversary. Not just humanity, but all of creation waits for us to make the correct choices and be set free from the enemy so they too can be set free as well. Here is how things are turned around. We simply reverse the original choice in our minds. We choose Jesus, the tree of life, and the reversal will be started. Even a new time cycle has begun, in that it is the early dawning of the eighth day since man's creation. All those that choose change and feed on God's knowledge are ushered into the new day. Those that refuse truth and change remain in the seventh. Read the parable of the virgins, very applicable for today. We gain access to the eighth day by invitation only. 
The Feast of Shemini Atzeret is symbolic of this time in history. As enough people are gathered to this day, the body of Christ is formed. The house or tabernacle of David comes together and God's holy mountain takes shape. From here, all of humanity is fed truth and taught kingdom rule. As the latter reign, truth that reverses the plight of mankind pours forth from God's fountain. Humanity is beginning to establish the kingdom of God. As we go about our Father's business, walking deeper into God's plans for restoration, further renewal will begin to take place. You see, Jesus has already accomplished all things for us, but being a spirit, bringing this victory and plan to the planet must be done through man. The seventh-day man stands with the tainted wisdom of Satan's world in his memory bank, whereas the eighth-day man stands with God's word in theirs. The wisdom of this world cannot enter the eighth day. Even truth that was released by God in the seventh day was diluted by man's intellect based on their traditional, worldly, Eve-chosen knowledge. Therefore, unless God chose to individually intervene to release a miracle for someone, the Word of God had little or no effect when they prayed and quoted scriptures. As we make the choice to turn from Satan's thinking to that of Christ's, the water of the Word begins to purify the old thinking, however. Little by little, the debris of the old knowledge is washed away, and the pure living Word begins to change things according to God's covenants and His promises. Those that enter the eighth day become His matured heirs. Alright, so those that are enlightened make the decision to choose the tree of life, renouncing Satan. What do they do next? They must first repent for everything they did, good or evil, through the world's knowledge and bury it in the seventh day. I hope what I just said is understood. Bury it in the seventh and leave it there. I don't care what was done, right or wrong. All was accomplished through the enemy's logic. We cannot let the memory spirit take us back either. Jesus set us free and we gained that freedom through baptism. Now we walk out of captivity out of our spiritual selves into the sunlight, into the light of the morning star. It is here we sever the bonds with which the enemy has us held captive. It's here we separate from addiction, sickness, bad habits, mindsets, everything the enemy has had us bound to him by and begin resisting his advances to regain us as his property. Every evil spirit, giants the word calls them, that we leave eating dust moves us further out into the eighth day where the reversal begins. The renewal begins in our minds and the rest follows. It's as the Word tells us, be it as you believe, and whose report do we believe? The battle is fought in our minds. Of course, the enemy is going to contest our advancement strongly. He has invested much in accomplishing his goal to be as God to the Lord's creation. But like I said in the beginning, there is something in man that resists his attempts. Something in man that senses they want and need change. That same thing 
in the depths of man's soul, misses his creator deep down in a way that maybe he can't even explain or perhaps understand. There is a longing we have tried to satisfy with what this world has to offer, but all is found way off base and much of our lives are left weighing in the balance. The handwriting is on the wall of the devil's playhouse. Time to change. Time to reverse things. Turn the tables. Time for humanity to follow the lamb. In case Satan cannot read the writing on the wall, or the puppets he leads do not understand, let me explain. Attention, Satan. Many, many tekel, you farsen. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Your time is up. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Your kingdom is being divided up among the children of God, as promised, and we believe the promises of God. We know His word does not come back void. Unlike you, He doesn't lie. You were created a beautiful anointed cherub. Your garments were of precious jewels, and your ability to sing and praise far surpassed any created musician. You were a part of God's holy spiritual mountain, meaning you were a part of His government, placed there as a covering. You were to protect the Garden of Eden and to intercede for the needs of mankind. The Word tells us your heart was lifted up because of your great beauty, and through your pride, your wisdom was corrupted. Now all are defiled that taste your wisdom or touch your beauty. Unfortunately, that's exactly what the mother of humanity chose to do, despite the warning of God. We today see the full outcome of her folly and consequently no longer want your covering. We plainly see now all you have jurisdiction over is filth and decay and we look forward to the time you are made ashes under our feet by the one true God, our Father. Some have already pulled their minds from the wisdom of the seventh day and are busily filling their minds with God's knowledge. The body of Christ is therefore coming together quickly from all over the world. Their understanding is being opened and the veil of deception removed. The adversary's evil covering was actually destroyed on the cross as depicted by the temple veil being rent from top to bottom. But it is up to us to walk through that veil to freedom. Come on, family. We can run boldly back to Jesus, the tree of life. As the full covering of Christ is better understood, the more we learn about the Son of God and His kingdom provision, the closer we will come to totally tearing down the pillars of this evil world and, just like Samson, bring an end to the habitat of the giants. We've been spiritually blind for 7,000 years, but things are beginning to clear. Our covering is growing. It's a new day. Literally. A thousand years is as a day to spirit beings, so it's only been one week that God has endured Satan's insolence and the eighth day has now dawned. Our insight is growing, and as it does, our power grows to match. Mental power, that is, fed by the tree of life, nourished by the knowledge of God, all according to the perfectly calculated plan of God. God knew Satan would fall. 
He knew man would follow, but he loves us so much that we've been given a whole other chance. A chance to turn our backs on yesterday and look straight ahead to perfect tomorrows. A chance is being offered to know our God intimately, as in the beginning, and live as he intended for us to live. As stated in the beginning, we may find ourselves being uncomfortable for a while and not exactly sure how to be. After all, our ways are not God's, nor our thoughts His. But you know what? They can be. It's all new territory, but if we give it time, just as Adam and Eve made the change and eventually grew accustomed to it, so can we. In closing, it is time things are reversed. Time to trade thistles and thorns for a garden. Time we exchange strife for rest and hate for love. In fact, think about this. It's time we trade corruption for incorruption and mortality for immortality. Now that we see the big picture, remember the word in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 tells us the mysteries belong to God, but what is revealed belongs to the children. We see this truth. We believe this truth. So we are in the process of receiving God's promises as the benefactors of His covenants, His heirs. The tables are turned.